It's nighttime on the internet. An air traffic controller layers his flight screen over cute overload. A man dressed as a giant bat feels dumb. A zombie gets into Zazzle. It's time for the Pod F Tompcast. Welcome to the Pod F Tompcast. When night descends on the internet, Paul F. Tompkins keeps watch over all there is, fueled by the music of Eben Schletter's pianoforte. Together, these two sentries sail unseen towards the shores of day, passing the time with comedy-type ramblings and bitlets. The Pod F. Tompcast, episode 18! Oh, hi there. Let me refresh your memory. My name is Paul F. Tompkins. The man playing the piano is Eben Schletter. You are you. And what you're listening to, oh, there's your little theme song that Eben just composed on the fly. You are you. (laughs) I made him do it. And you are listening to the Pod F Tompcast. Okay, all right. This (laughs) this is a podcast that... How does one put it into words? It's got a little bit of everything. It's got comedy. The end. Well, I consider comedy to be everything. I mean, it's my chosen profession. I'm a professional comedian. I, I, comedy is my trade. Even when I'm not doing stand-up comedy, I do other kind. I'll do like television comedy, movie comedy once or twice happened. Book comedy. That's not true. I have not written a book. Not counting it out. Might write a book someday. Although it concerns me that seems to take effort. That is where books and I part ways. I'm afraid. (laughs) Books. Well, uh, who was the genius who decided books could be more than 25 pages? Let me tell you something. The books I grew up reading, I mean, from my earliest reading days, they were not these David Foster Wallace doorstops you see today. I mean, they got to the point. It was nighttime. Time to say goodnight to everybody. We did it. The end. Did you say goodnight to everyone in the world? No, no, no. Just the people that are in your immediate line of sight. And, truth be told, most of them aren't even people. They're just things. Now, if those, if that style of book had continued for adults, I don't know. I just feel like we'd all have more time on our hands. 
How often have you started reading a book, you get to page 26, you throw up your hands and say, What? This book is still going on? I thought they were going to tie it all up in that last page. I expected to see special thanks at the end here. Notes, and afterward. Not an epilogue. Who do books think they're fooling with those epilogues? They get all fancy. Their fancy word, epilogue. All that is is a where are they now? It's a cheap device. It's a cheap device, books. I really should be speaking to the authors, not the books themselves. I am hoping that by the time people are hearing this, books have not achieved sentience, but if they have and they're listening, hey books, don't forget, I'm one of the first humans to address you as an equal. Oh sure, you don't like what I have to say, but you gotta respect my right to say it. Oh, you don't? Because sentient books are taking over the world? And we're all going to be put into a human zoo? Well, this is uh, quite a turn of events, sentient books. Um, I certainly see where you're coming from. People have been bad-mouthing you for a long time. No, uh, some people read books all the time. Can't get enough. But I've been one of those people that's been against books from the very start. Something about them. It's no wonder they became sentient. They, they've been trying to distract us for years from our televisions. <laughs> it's the worst part about reading books is that it takes away from your TV watching time. Ugh. wish I wish it weren't considered so crude and boorish to watch television by the side of a pool or at the beach or on a subway train or in a library whose shelves are filled with little TVs <laughs> that reminds me of a discussion I had with someone recently you don't need to know whom uh, we were talking about how in Star Wars, any of the Star Wars movies, you never see anybody read a book. They don't, there's nothing to read in Star Wars. I don't think there's hardly any signs, even. Maybe R2-D2 projects some numbers at some point? Coordinates? But, like... I think they're a dumb universe. The Star Wars universe, I think, is a, is a dumb universe. Isn't it one of the prequels? There's like some Jedi library and it's all projections. <laughs> no books. Now you go to the Lord of the Rings. There's tons of stuff. Star Trek. They're always reading. And then they remark about how they're reading old-timey books. Somebody's reading a book, and then somebody else is like, A book? 
Where is your screen? It's the one thing that all the 80s movies about the dystopian future got correct was screens with ads everywhere. They nailed it. We have that now. Bad call on every other single thing, but good call on screens with ads being everywhere you look. So we're living in Blade Runner, except for, you know, the lifelike robots who yearn to be human and flying cars. Did they have flying cars in Blade Runner? It's one of those movies I'm supposed to know by heart, but guess what? I don't. Who cares? It's a movie. I'm not going to be told what movies to memorize by you! Alright, are the new listeners gone? Welcome back, old listeners. Uh, we have a wonderful edition of the Pod F. Tompcast coming at you right now. We are finishing out our season two. This is episode 18. You're going to get episode 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. That's right, five more. And then October 20th at Largo in Los Angeles, we're going to be doing our second ever live version of the Pod F. Tomcast to close out season two. It's going to be very exciting. Tickets on sale now. But we're back after a very long break. Evan and I have been busy. It's none of your business. But we're back. Very pleased to be so. And this episode will have the stuff that you like. We'll have a call with... Ooh, got all jaunty in there. Maybe you're more of a jaunty rascal. What would the jaunty rascal sound like, Evan? <laughs> oh my god! Wow! In my face, asked and answered. <laughs> oh, beautiful. We have everything that you like. We have a phone call with our friend Jan Kirkman. God love her. God love her. She's just a she's just a a bright young lady trying to make her way in this world. It's like Mary Tyler Moore for the 21st century. She's constantly throwing hats away. We have a sketch from uh our live variety show, the Paul F. Tompkins Show. Um, advice to the Probably Dead. Fan favorite. Fan favorite. And of course we have another installment of our ongoing series, The Great Undiscovered Project. Now, this has been going on for quite some time. <laughs> this is part 18, and it's been a long time since part 17. 
So we'll get you all caught up. It'll be like every once in a while TV shows do that. They'll do, like some TV shows, some intricate plot. I think Lost used to do that. Where it's like they had this big long break in the middle of their season. And then they would have an hour that was almost like one of those clip shows like they used to do on Happy Days or whatever. Like, hey, we've all had uh, times where we weren't feeling cool. And then like a montage of people falling down or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I just pulled that out of thin air, but I bet that was actually on the show. Um, so it's been a while. And before that, it's been a while. So I'm going to ask our announcer, Damon Crawl, to catch us up. Damon, you'll do that, right? Oh, I was hoping you'd ask. All right. I wish there could be 100% less attitude. But you agreed. So now you have to do it by the holy oath of nighttime on the internet, which we all took, by the way. When we come here, every time we come here, we gather around, we take the holy oath of nighttime on the internet, and then we start recording for you. Maybe someday you'll hear that oath. Maybe not, though. Life is unpredictable. But here's something that I predict is going to happen. I predicted Damon is going to catch you up on just what the hey is going on with the Pod F Tomcat. The Great Undiscovered Project. Well, tried not to hate myself this episode, but uh, it happened. <laughs> Okay. Damon, if you would. Fine. In the recent past, a group of artistic giants conspired to create an original big screen musical. This group consisted of composer Andrew Lloyd Webber, actor and rapper Ice-T, actor and cake decoration addict John C. Riley, actor and John Wilkes Booth aficionado John Lithgow, director and cryptozoological hunter Gary Marshall, street artist and glue blood sufferer Mr. Brainwash, and cake baker and clairvoyant the Cake Boss. Together, these men embarked on a creative journey doomed to obscurity, its very existence hidden until a collection of secret recordings were unearthed in our time. These are those recordings. This is the Great Undiscovered Project. There we go. A little more steam ought to do it. A little it. more? Gary, I can't even make out my own feet. Lucky you. Nothing is more disgusting than the human foot. But I mean, it's slippery in here. Is it safe to have such low visibility? What do you need to see? You're just gonna sit here and sweat. You think people are buying tickets to watch? But when I'm talking to you, I won't know if I'm actually facing you. Although I guess I could use the sense memory if I ever play a blind person. Oh, you won't be talking to me. Gary, where are you? Knock, knock. Gary, are you? Oh, it's a real peace super in here. You. Me? Who said that? I said it. It's me, John C. Riley. John, I didn't know you'd be here. What a pleasant surprise. Well, I didn't know you would be here either. Gary, you did this on purpose. I don't think he's here anymore. Well, I'm out of here too, man. Where's my towel? I can't find my towel. Gary took it. 
Let go, give me a towel, I'm leaving. Well, you know I never use towels. Why would I know that? And why don't you use towels? I can't. They just feel weird to me. Well, what do you do after you get out of the shower? I just air dry. Every time? How long does that take? No more than 10 minutes, usually. The water just rolls right off me. I have very smooth skin. <sighs> okay, well, I guess Gary Marshall trapped me here with you so I could forgive you. But John, I didn't even do anything. Oh, so you didn't say a bunch of mean stuff to me in the desert when we went there with Mr. Brainwash? Oh, listen, I was out of my mind on hallucinogens. I don't remember speaking to you at all. The only person I can even vaguely recall talking to was... Oh. What? <laughs> oh, John, I understand everything now. When you thought I was talking to you, I thought I was talking to John Wilkes Booth. Oh. Oh. Well, this is a little awkward because I thought you were telling me that I couldn't kick my addiction to cake decorations, and I kind of made it my mission to prove you wrong. Like, the second I got back from the desert, I went straight to a 12-step meeting, all because of what I thought you said to me. Really? Yeah, I kind of based my whole sobriety on spite, which is not great. Not the best, but the whole thing feels kind of shaky now. Okay, but... I mean, not to make this all about me. It kind of was, though, I think, now. Well, okay, staying on that topic. Me? We're friends, right? Um, I guess? Oh, praise be Thespus! Sure. Guys! Yeah. yeah, I'm still here. I was hiding in the steam. Listen, now that you guys have made up, I need you to help Mr. Brainwash, okay? Go talk to the guy. Figure out a way to make him comfortable with being in the movie. Wee oui, wee, oui, mon capitaine! Yeah, okay. Man, I'm kind of worried about my whole belief system right now. Oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Now, I'll drive us. Off we go to coach that little glue-blooded guy. And gentlemen in England now abed shall think themselves accursed they were not here. Okay, listen, just for fun on the way over, let's play the radio super loud and not talk at all. Boo! Yeah! <laughs> Well, I'm glad those guys seem to have mended their fences. That's the kind of thing that can happen in steam rooms. I like steam rooms, actually. I like, I like that steam. It feels good. What I don't like is a sauna. It's just like, just dry, arid desert heat. That's why I don't like westerns. Eben and I have talked about this many times. Look, Eben, he is a straight up spaghetti western freak. He loves that Ennio Morricone. You know, composer stuff. This is what they're like, you guys. Hey, oh, you don't have a composer in your life? Oh, let me tell you. They have their favorites. They have their non-favorites. And you get to hear about it 24 hours a day. <laughs> That's right. 24 hours a day. Thumb through the Guinness Book of World Records and you'll see. Every composer has set the record for talking about composers. Didn't make any sense, but... I don't like spaghetti westerns. I don't like those westerns. I don't like westerns in general because they just seem too dry and hot. Everything's shot during the day. 
Ugh, everybody just seems sweaty and... The neckerchiefs. <laughs> God. Everything's tan. Sand everywhere. Dust. The only western thing I ever liked was Deadwood. And I think I liked that because it was so muddy. It was less... less dry. Everything was wet all the time. <laughs> Soaking wet. Boy, that must have been miserable. Either way. Either it was... You know, you lived in a dry west. Or you lived in a damp west. Like your heavy... Woolen clothes. You're wearing eight layers and a hat. They get all wet. Just ugh, walking around in that soup. Boo. Or... It is baking, right? It's a dry sauna heat. Oh, you've still got a hat on. If you're lucky, you're just wearing a vest. Because you're the sheriff. You don't have to wear... You know, a full, crazy, plaid, five-piece suit with spats. But, like, you're... You're hot, you're tired. There's no such thing as refrigeration. The beer is warm. And somebody wants you to go outside and have a gunfight. Come on. Can't I just sit here drinking my warm beer under this ineffectual ceiling fan? Watch this dancing lady show me her ankle. That's all I'm trying to do right now, dude. I ain't trying to hear about any gunfights outside in the street. <sighs> I mean, I take from movies that these gunfights were happening all the time. Constantly. If you've ever been stuck waiting, like, let's say you didn't know there was a parade happening in your town. And it's probably not like a St. Patrick's Day or a New Year's Day, something like that, where they're kind of predictable. But it's like a parade, like in Los Angeles. I forget that we have a Christmas parade in Hollywood. I forget every year. We're driving around somewhere, and then all of a sudden, what? Why is this? Oh, Christmas parade? Who could care about it? Who could care about the Hollywood Christmas Parade? There's Santa Claus in a convertible, and with him, someone from a soap opera from 10 years ago. Our honorary Grand Marshal. Honor. <laughs> I was about to indict them for saying honorary Grand Marshal, but uh, I, I, I don't know for sure that's what they call them. <laughs> but I was ready to be outraged at the idea that they would tack honorary onto it, as if there was a Grand Marshal, like it's an elected position, of the Hollywood, the Hollywood Christmas Parade. Acting Grand Marshal. The Grand Marshal is indisposed. He has eaten too many candy canes. And it turns out, he has a candy cane intolerance. 
You cannot eat any cane-shaped foods. Certain pretzel parts are out of the question for him. Please welcome our acting Grand Marshal of the Hollywood Christmas Parade, Mr. Tony Geary. He was Luke on General Hospital. He might still be for all I know. I heard he came back. That used to be my story when I was in high school. I used to come home from school just in time for GH to start. But folks, this is the days of Luke and Laura, the Cassidines, the Ice Princess. <laughs> I think I was in grade school. <laughs> Me and my buddy used to watch General Hospital because it got very, uh, like, this espionage angle, sort of James Bond adventure with these two, just two people from... <laughs> from this town, this made-up town, are involved in international intrigue. <laughs> it worked, though. Very successful. At one point, the late Elizabeth Taylor was a guest star. I mean, when she was alive, obviously. That would have been quite a coup, though, if they'd gotten a dead celebrity on there. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that when we do start messing around with zombie stuff, I hope they're not going to put dead celebrities back on television. Television. It's disrespectful. Although, uh, with the way some of these actresses are getting plastic surgery, you'd hardly notice the difference in appearance. Eh. Enough social commentary. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd now like to present to you a sketch from the Paul F. Tompkins show. This was from the San Francisco Sketch Fest, January of 2012. Um, in a segment called Advice to the Probably Dead, which we've had on this show before. Maybe you're familiar with it. If you're a first-time listener, you're not even hearing this because you're already gone. Uh, and this time out, our letter readers are in order of appearance. Janet Varney, Scott Rogers, and a young lady named Janie Haddad Tompkins. I think you'll like it. I know I did. I know the people there did. Although the audience wasn't miked. So please don't think that it's not going well, because it is. Turn up your earbuds a little bit, and you'll hear the audience there. They're cracking up. I mean, they love it. Can't get enough of it. Absolutely over the moon for it. As will you be, my friend. <laughs> All right. Listen to this, and then when you're done listening to this, I'll be back to get you to listen to something else. I'll trick you if I have to. 
I will Tom Sawyer you into listening to the next segment. Get out your oral paintbrush. Does not work on any level. All right, here's advice to the probably dead. Goodbye for now. For now. Folks, we'd like to do this segment on the show. Uh, this is where I take advice columns from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. I take the letters from those advice columns, those moldy old advice columns, and I answer them from the 21st century. It is a segment we call Advice to the Probably Dead. Our first letter comes to us from June of 1968. Letter number one, June of 1968. Letter number one. There is a swinger who moved into our apartment building recently. She lives on our floor, and ever since she has moved in, my husband wants to empty the trash all the time. She's, she's big, blonde, and buxom, and I've never seen her in anything but a Japanese kimono. I used to beg my husband to take out the garbage. Now he goes around the house looking for waste paper baskets to take to the incinerator room. When he happens to see this lady in the hall, he stands around talking to her and getting his eyes full for 15 or 20 minutes. Should I worry? Okay, what is a swinger to you exactly? Because we have a very specific idea of what that term means in the 21st century, but I don't know what you think it is. Does it just, I don't see any swinging in this scenario. Does it just mean a Japanese robe enthusiast? <laughs> Look, if you're worried about your husband cheating on you with this lady, I can tell you that most attractive women are not exactly turned on by some dude breaking a sweat to empty a trash can with a single Q-tip in it whenever he hears a door open in the hallway. So I wouldn't worry he's actually gonna get anywhere. What I would worry about is this woman's penchant for hanging around apartment building incinerators. What's she doing there? I think you have bigger problems than your husband filling his eyes. Kind of a gross phrase, by the way. We don't say that anymore. This lady sounds like she's up to something. Something that involves lots and lots of burning. She probably just wears the kimono because incinerating evidence is sweaty work. Or maybe she's incinerating chunks of corpses. I don't know. If your husband keeps interrupting her chores, he probably won't be your problem anymore. <laughs> Letter number two, from March 1975. Letter number two. Our daughter, very much against the wishes of her mother and me, moved out of our home to live with the boy she'd been going with for about a year. After living together for two years, which they did openly, they decided to get married. Now, this daughter wants me to foot the bill for a big church wedding in June. She wants a long white gown, veil, bridesmaids, flowers, catered dinner, reception for 300, complete with orchestra. Not only that, but she told her grandparents that in case they wanted any ideas on what to give her for a wedding present, a Hawaiian honeymoon would be really great. My question, do you think the kind of wedding our daughter wants is in order under these circumstances? And what are your thoughts on a Hawaiian honeymoon? Whoa, 1975, and they were living together openly? They didn't even have the decency to find a place with two separate street entrances that opened into the same apartment, giving the impression that they were merely neighbors and not the most disgusting people imaginable? 
Well, I hope you made your daughter feel like the whore of Babylon for carrying on like that for two years. I hope you and your wife both made it known that you saw her as lower than the filth on the soles of the boots of an Old West prostitute and undeserving of the tiniest shred of parental, nay, human respect. You did, right? Of course you did. And then after all that, this child of yours turns around and tries to soak you for a huge old-fashioned wedding that will cost thousands and thousands of dollars? Boom! That's called payback, son! She wants an orchestra? Not a band, an orchestra. You must have really tried to make her feel like garbage. And I'm assuming the grandparents are getting burned for a Hawaiian honeymoon because they are even more old-timey than you and probably didn't like the boyfriend because he was Lutheran or something. <laughs> Listen, here in the present, living together is just smart. It's practical. You find out if you're able to coexist with someone in the same space rather than just assuming it's all gonna be fine because of an oppressive societal demand. Cuts down on loveless marriages like yours. And I'm just assuming. <laughs> So just shut up and pay up to legitimize your daughter. Oh, and my thoughts on a Hawaiian honeymoon? It's awesome. <laughs> Letter number three from February 1967. Letter number three. I've been married for 25 years, and my pet peeve is my husband's constant complaining about the sandwiches I put in his lunch pail. He says he loves tuna fish, but it makes his hands smell. He doesn't like pork products, and he says peanut butter gives him a pain between his shoulder blades. He also says he is sick of eggs and cold cuts, and chicken and turkey are too dry. Yesterday he came home and said a fella had a Canadian bacon sandwich and it looked real good. So this morning I put one in his lunch pail. Well, he came home tonight and said he found out Canadian bacon was ham and he hates ham. Do you have any ideas? My man is driving me nuts. Okay, at first, when I heard about how the tuna fish makes his hands smell, <laughs> I thought maybe you needed sandwich-making lessons. <laughs> you know that bread is a key component, right? <laughs> really makes the sandwich. Then I thought, maybe your husband needs eating lessons. Maybe he's squeezing the sandwich into a ball or some other shape to fit in his mouth. Rather than taking a series of bites until no more sandwich. <laughs> if someone is willing to eat out of something referred to as a pail, what other behavior do you have any right to expect? <laughs> but obviously, you are a prisoner of your time. As all husbands viewed their wives back then, this man regards you as his personal sandwich slave. He says, Jump, you say, What kind of meat? <laughs> and really, it's all about different types of meat isn't it? Which makes me think your husband, the pale eater out of her, is hinting at something. And you know what it is. He wants a meat you haven't offered him yet. One that he can't ask for directly. That's right. Your husband hates ham and Canadian bacon and pork products. 
but he is dying to try long pig. <laughs> I'm saying your husband wants to eat human flesh. My advice is, next time you talk to your housewife friends, after you've all taken your pills, <laughs> ask them if any of their husbands are cannibals. I bet one or two probably are, if only from being dosed with LSD by some long-haired freaks who are high on banana peels. Ask these ladies where they go for their human meat. The good news is, you're probably not on the menu yourself, since I doubt this guy can boil water. He can't even keep tuna off his hands. I doubt he can manage roast wife. On the other hand, that thing about peanut butter giving him a pain between the shoulder blades, that is insane. Fake your own death. Good luck to you. <laughs> what jolly japes were they? There you go, folks. That was fun. That was a fun night in San Francisco. I'm looking forward to going back. It's not. It's, look, it's not been determined yet. It's not been. But let's just say feelers have been put out. Looks pretty likely. I'll be going back. To Sketchfest, short for Schedule Festival, in January 2013. Will Evan Schletter be there with me? Hmm. I bet he will. Will we be doing the Paul F. Tompkins show? Who knows? Might be a completely different thing. What? Have I piqued someone's interest? Yes, probably Evans. We haven't talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? The truth. E oh, oh no. Evidence fine. <laughs> oh, folks. Uh, I wish... I, I, I hope you know... I hope you in your lives know the friendship of someone who plays the piano and cannot speak. Because it's, it's a, what greater love hath a man for his fellow than to silence his own voice and to underscore another's with piano music. So it says in one of the books of the Bible, it's an Easter egg. So safe to say, New Testament. There, I've narrowed it down for you. You can eliminate half the book. Now that is not, I'm not making any call to eliminate half the Bible just as a rule. I'm saying if you're hunting for this very specific passage about the piano, don't look in the Old Testament, don't. Also, a lot of violence in the Old Testament. I mean, look, it's a it's a it's a pretty brutal book all around. Guess who doesn't come out so well in that book? Humans, the human race, have a bit of a rough time of it. Are we doing any better now since Bible days? Sure, we have. 
shoes that cover your whole foot. Sure, our fabrics are less scratchy. Sure, there are fewer giants that need to be slain. The real question is, here's, here's what you gotta ask yourself. Are you better off now than you were 2,000 years ago? Two thousand and twelve years ago, forgive me. I'm not even getting into BCE. Before Common Era. I like that phrase common era, because it's the idea is it's religious neutral, right? Because it's not it's not saying before Christ. It's sort it's like a way of saying, yeah, common era. It's like, this is, like, this is like everybody kind of agrees. This is when we're going to start, uh, you know, saying what year it is. Well, everyone, everyone kind of just got together and agreed, like, this was the year one. It's just a common era that we all kind of share. It's subtle. I like the subtlety of it. stuff you guys I just like winks nods laying a finger aside of your nose it's not just for traveling up chimneys it's also for you know just letting people know like in the movie the sting slide their finger down the side of their nose like letting people know, hey, we're all we're all in on this uh, same scam, and this is our secret sign to each other, which could not be more obvious, by the way. A gesture that is meaningless. Really, it's not a, like a thing that you need to ever do. You don't need to slide your finger across the side of your nose and point at a person. So, like, a bystander would have no choice see two people doing this and say, Oh, secret meeting. Secret society. There's some sort of cabal. I'm going to alert a 1930s policeman. He will be extremely violent. He'll have a billy club made out of a table leg. And all he wants to do... It's just crack people's skulls. Hoping the Pinkertons get in on it. Oh, we're gonna... Oh, great. Now the Pinkertons are here. Murder is legal. Look, guys, I didn't mean to get so heavy with this. Those damned Pinkertons. They haunt me, yet still. Alright, folks. I'm gonna get off my soapbox because I read your comments people are like Paul stop bashing the Pinkertons well maybe I will when they stop bashing union bosses when they stop being strike breakers I feel like that's a term that I'm using incorrectly 
could be wrong. It seems like, on the face of it, yes, people are having a strike and then they send in people to break the strike. Scare people off, you know, with extreme violence. <laughs> Set a horse on fire and push it into the crowd. <laughs> that sort of thing. You know, I'm laughing, but that's not that far off from the kind of stuff that they would do back then. Alright, folks. That's enough Pinkerton slams for one episode. D don't worry, I'll have some more next time. It's gonna be great. Now, folks, as you know, at this point in the Tomcast, we like to play for you a conversation that I have with my dear friend, Jen Kirkman. How long is this going to take? Whoa! Since when do you care? I wouldn't go so far as to say that I care. Why do you want to know how long the segment will be? Oh, segment. I guess somebody thinks they're in line for a Peabody. Damon, why do you- Shut up! Just shut up, you stupid idiots! Hardwick? Chris Hardwick, is that you? Can you hear us now? That's it. I'm on break. Break? You hardly have any responsibilities. Tell it to the back of my head. Damon! Oh, forget it. Here's my chat with Jen Kirkman. Someone is coming. Someone is going. What? Someone is coming. Someone is going. Well, I don't like this a whole lot. That's not supposed to sound like that. Oh, what's what's going on? Jen Kirkwick. Hey. What? Southie, hi. Paul, how did I get here? Wait, you don't know? No, I was just sitting at home reading a book. An electronic book? Um, no, an acoustic book. Hmm. <laughs> What's that? Oh, it's Chris Hardwick. He's trapped in the internet. Weird. Hi, Chris. It's Jen Kirkman. Oh, I, I don't think he can hear you. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think so before. Well, um, it's good to see you. I'm glad that you're here. Oh, thanks. I'm I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I mean, now that you are, it's uh, we could catch up, right? I I have I'm free. <laughs> you're free and easy. My e easy. You're I'm fresh and easy, like the department department store, uh, supermarket. The grocery store. I've never gone there because something about it, because it's called Fresh and Easy, makes me think everything is salmonella and hot. <laughs> I think of hot, sweaty vegetables. <laughs> I feel like the Fresh and Easy's in Los Angeles are in parts of town that don't scream fresh produce to me. Right. It just seems very off-brand to you. Off-brand. Yes. Yeah. I, don't I understand. Go there. Yeah. It's like there's there's Vons, right, which is yeah. the sort of which we think of as the sort of low-rent chain of supermarkets, yeah. right? Then there's Johns, which is a low-rent chain, which looks like somebody took the Vons sign and just made their own J. Yes. <laughs> and stuck it in there. And I've never been inside a Johns. I did when I first moved here because I didn't know any better and I of had course, no guidance. Of course. <laughs> it was next to a Best Buy and I was just trying to do all my shopping at once. <laughs> did you were, did you accomplish your shopping? Well, when I moved here, I was still buying CD Discmans. <laughs> sure. How many? Were you buying them in bulk? <laughs> no, but I broke mine on the trip here. Out of rage? No, out of it just being old and I took a train and I think in my sleep, it fell off my bunk and onto the 
floor of my cabin on the train. Oh my God, it's like Dr. Zhivago. <laughs> <laughs> and then I bought another one and someone said you should get an iPod, but I didn't even understand how you I would put music was. on it. Yeah. yeah, I just thought that, well, I'm not a rich, evil genius, so why wouldn't I just do what the people <laughs> do and get another disc man? <laughs> yes, like the people do. This was 2001, December. Mm. Is that too late? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to remember when the iPod came into my life. Like when I was aware of such a thing. Uh, an MP3 player. I, I know some people out there. They're not Apple fans. They might have a Zune or something. Oh yeah, I can't imagine if you're gonna go MP3 player, just go with the basic. Is that? Are there? Is there a third brand? I think there's Is just, there an RC Cola of MP3 players? I think there is, because if you've ever signed up for some kind of giving to charity around Christmas where kids ask for things, right. and then you pick a thing and you buy a present for a kid, they always say MP3 player to kind of let you off the hook. You don't have to get the expensive one. Oh. I think there's generic things just called MP3 player. Okay. I could be wrong. I know I just made it sad bringing up children that don't have anyone to buy a present for them. No, like we, these are the ones we send to Africa or whatever, I, right? I didn't know we sent kids to Africa if we, they didn't have parents. <laughs> yeah, we send kids to Africa. They don't have parents. Off to Africa Oh, you, you mean go. the gifts we send? That's what I meant. Oh, but. no, I meant there's kids here in America, Paul, that don't have parents to buy them presents around Christmas. That's, Sometimes their parents are in prison. That can't be so. This is the greatest country on earth. Now, Southie. Yeah. Um... Speaking, we were almost talking about Christmas. Mitt Romney 2012. But what? it's still, <laughs> it's still, it's still, even though it's not uh, technically summer, it mm-hmm. certainly feels like summer in Los Angeles these yes. days. Um, and you like to beat the heat, right? I love to beat the heat. You don't let the heat tell you what to do and push you around? No, I certainly don't. I go against the grain. I go against the heat grain. I mean, I don't have air conditioning in my home. That's a weird choice I've made in my life. Right. But I have fans. Oh, so like you could put in a window unit or I something. I sure could. I just don't. Why it's don't It's not you? good for your health. It's a long story. Can I tell you something? Sure. I am not entirely opposed to air conditioning, but I don't like it that much. It's Some, not... Sometimes, like, you're glad to get into an air-conditioned room. Yes. But I, I hold out for as long as I can with the windows open because mm-hmm. I would prefer, even if it's hot... I like to get as much fresh air as possible. Mm-hmm. My wife and I have this thing. If we fly together and we get in the car, she loves air conditioning and mm. loves it all the live long day. Yes. And when I get into a car after being on a plane, the last thing I want is air conditioning. I want to open up all the windows. Breathe, no matter how hot it is. Air. Yes. Even I like if, to put AC on. I, 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 Dave, if it's cold, I don't want the heat on. Crack no. the window a little bit. I mean, Always need fresh air. Always. We, we're human beings, Jen. Not human doings. <laughs> what? That's something you say. I've heard that before, but I don't know I how think it's you supposed heard to it help anything. It means, oh, I've just been a human doing, and I need to just be a human being. It means you're rushing it from around. you. Oh, well, I heard it. How dare you? I thought maybe you had. So self-absorbed. I, I just heard someone say it once, and I thought that was pretty neat. I do like that. I'm going to start saying that. Oh, you heard that from me. <laughs> oh, that was me. But I honestly was like, I think I said this before. But anyway, I like to be the heat. You probably have. I don't so have a pool. you like to be the heat. I don't, don't have a pool. Nor do I. Well, someday. Do you have access to a pool? 
I do, and I, I <laughs> so really... Day. Thank you for that aspirational <laughs> message. I don't want to come off as fancy, but I joined a pool this <laughs> summer. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> but for six months, I got access to a, a hotel pool here in West Hollywood mm-hmm. for a very reasonable rate. So you pay a little something, and then you can just go use you that pool. You pay a little something up front, and you can use the pool for six months every day if you want. You get your own chair, and there's oh. only 20 chairs, so a very select group of people. This sounds very nice indeed. It's lovely, so I've been going when select I can. Select group. How are the people selected? By who decides to pay. <laughs> oh, I and see. And then who is staying at the hotel. But um, you Not- even get a free weekend thrown in at that hotel with the cost of the pool. I mean, it's a great deal. Wow. And, and I mean, is it? Is, are there a lot of people there? Yeah, it gets pretty crowded, but not too bad. It's not like bodies in a pool. You could still swim laps. No, it's not crowded. There's probably 30 people there at a time. But is there ever a thing where they say, guess what? We have too many hotel guests that are all in the pool. You can't come in. No. Do you ever think I am preventing a guest of the hotel from using this pool right now? No, because there's always empty chairs and they have two pools there. I think people staying here are going somewhere for the day. Well, there you go. It's perfect. But I like to lay by the pool. I'll go in the mornings, and I like to get really hot in the sun, and then when I can't stand it, I jump right in the that, pool. Jen, and I cool off. That's what I do. That's the way to do it. Yep. Whether it's by a pool, whether it's by the ocean. Yep. I, I, I don't recall ever being by a lake, but I bet I do the same thing there. I would, too, if it didn't have some moss in it or something. And snakes. I don't mind snakes. Uh, just the moss. <laughs> I would rather a snake on my leg than like weird grass. What? Because it feels like a snake and then your imagination runs wild. But if you see a real snake, you go, that's all it is. You, you admire the honesty. <laughs> You're saying, hey, be a snake or don't be a snake. But don't you put moss on my leg and tell me it's slithering. Exactly. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's Please. raining. Please. That's what I, I was doing a play on that. Why did you have to say it? <laughs> Just in case kids out there don't know. Come on, Judge Judy. So, all right. So you you go to this fancy pool. Mm-hmm. But the thing I like about it is I can bring a guest. Yes. Oh, thank you. But I never do because ah, I enjoy... Also, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy sitting there by myself. It's my quiet time. Yes. I go at 9 a.m. And Ooh. it's sunny. 9 or 10. And then how long, if you have the luxury of time, how long would you stay? Three hours. Nice. Till I get nice and warm. Yeah. Yeah. And I enjoy it. I read the paper. Mm -hmm. I chill out. It's my alone time. Yes. And I'm, it's very blatant that I'm alone because I sit in a chair and I'm alone. And you're one person. (laughs) And and I have my head usually in a magazine or a book, sometimes a, a Kindle, but the sun, if you know this, the sun is sometimes so bright that you can't read the screen. Yes, even though the Kindle, they boast that they have this, you know, that the way that their screen mimics the the page, the printed mm. page. Well, I've had problems. That's all I'm saying. No, it's, it's the it's the straight up Kindle. It's not an iPad. It's not uh, no, some other sort of e reader. No, it's not like an MP3 player. It's a real Kindle. <laughs> but I like to bring a book. I like to hold a book. Yes. But what's interesting is I've been there, and. A lady has started talking to me. Like I, I one day uh, got dressed in the morning, and I like to wear what I call a fun ring. Sure. I have many different ones. A lot of them are plastic and just big and oversized. What, which one? Hand. Do you have a favorite fun ring? Uh, right now it's a brown one. It's kind of made of glass. It's square shaped, and it's the size of uh, maybe uh, a strawberry. Fun. It's fun. I look at it. And go. Oh, that's nice. 
So I'm wearing my fun ring by the pool, because what's more fun than wearing an accessory when you don't need to? Very little in this life. <laughs> so I'm wearing my fun ring, and I have my bathing suit on, and a, and a, uh, like a bathing suit cover up over it, and I'm laying in the You're sun. You're a lady, yes. Yes, I'm a lady. And I'm reading a book that I haven't sat down and read a book in so long. I had a very busy year, and this pool was a treat to myself to mm -hmm. take some me time. There you I'm go. reading the book, and this lady next to me goes, hey, that's a cool ring. And I'm thinking, she's not talking to me, because the book's in my face. Right. Got to be someone else with a cool ring. So I wait, and I don't hear anyone answer her, and she goes, yeah, really cool. And then I look, and she's talking to me, and I said, oh, thanks. Uh, I have nothing else to add. So I just tell her where I got it. Oh, are there, can I ask you, yeah. are there other people there? Because I'm picturing it's just the two of you. It's just the two of us next to each other. There are people at the pool, but she is not with anybody else. Right. And there's no one that close to me or her. Right. So I just said, oh, I got it at Lowman's at the counter, you know, offering some useless information. Yeah. And then I go back to reading my book and I can feel her staring at me and I'm thinking... She wants to keep talking, but she's not saying anything. Right. So I can be a guilty codependent and turn to her, even though I don't want to talk to her. But now I feel like the type of person that goes, how can I ignore her? She wants to talk, turn around. Right. So I just keep sitting there. And then she says, are you staying here? And I, I'm now I'm acting almost like someone in an infomercial, <laughs> like, I am so frustrated with this zipper. Like, how do you do it? <laughs> you know, I'm acting like the before in an infomercial. I'm so flustered. I'm acting like I've never been spoken to. And I, like, flip the book up. And I'm like, what? What am I staying? Well, uh, no, um, um, no, I'm not staying here. I, 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 I'm a member at the pool. And then she goes, oh, I'm neither. So now she's not staying there or a pool member. She's someone whose house was getting fumigated. And they, whoever they is, put her up at this hotel. And I said, oh, okay. And she goes, yeah, I really like it here. And I go, yeah, great. She goes, I've lived here forever. I said, oh, great. And then she just said, yeah, I mean, I've stayed in this uh, suite before. And I said, oh, great. So now I know she's kind of a fancy lady who stays in suites when her apartment's getting fumigated. <laughs> sure. She's going to be there for a month, she says. Yeah, my house has some problems. Now I know she wants me to ask. But unless she's going to tell me Yeah, she <laughs> really got a whole lot of problems going on there. My house. I think she wants me to ask, and I, I'm like, unless she has a ghost. <laughs> I do not want to hear. That would have been, how great would that have been, though, if, if she had been that coy leading you to say, what's the problem? Like, well, my house is haunted. Oh, I would so love it. So they're putting us up in a hotel. <laughs> the ghost catchers are putting us up in a hotel. Oh, and there's priests there exercising and all <laughs> kinds of things. And she just said, yeah, you know, the business I'm in, I just, um, this is a great location for it. And I can still work from my room. Ugh, now you want me to ask what business yeah. you're in. She's hitting you on all fronts. And I just didn't say anything. And then the waitress came over to ask her if she wanted anything. And I wasn't hot enough yet to jump in the pool but I wanted to get away so I just acted like I'm this carefree swimmer and I threw off my beach cover up sure and I jumped into the pool <laughs> without testing the water first and then was freezing from the shock and then forgot to hold my nose because I have to hold my nose and came up kind of spouting and I just started swimming laps 
and I don't <laughs> swim. <laughs> so hold on a second. Like, to get away from this lady, yeah. you bolt into the pool and immediately start swimming laps. Trying to act like, well, that was all nice and fun with my ring and my book, but I'm really here to just get the laps in. And I am up and down, and I'm trying to make it seem official. And are you are you a good swimmer? No. <laughs> I don't put my face in the water, so I'm swimming laps without right. putting my face in. Yeah. Or I'll do a weird thing where I swim on my back and do like weird back laps. Right. But I'm doing this and I'm really trying to act official. I have to say, what you're describing I think is identical to the way I swim. <laughs> because I'm not I'm not a great swimmer. But I I can stay afloat, right? Sure. Like I, I think <laughs> I think in the event of a shipwreck I would probably be okay for a little while. An hour I could wait around. <laughs> yeah, but then I would sink like a stone. Me too. But a lot can happen in an hour. Yes, a lot. Oh, so much. Sometimes when I'm in a pool, I freak myself out and I go underwater and go, what if this was, what if I was trapped under here? How would mm. I die? Would I just let it happen or just breathe in water? <laughs> These are just things you do at a pool. Yeah, it's just pool stuff. <laughs> Cool so I'm, I'm swimming and I'm trying to make it look official. And at one point, I wished I had a watch on so I could act like I was timing it. And so I kind that, of that would make it official. <laughs> <laughs> and I notice she's just sitting there reading, and she looks so innocent. And I'm like, well, she's obviously not trying to carry on the conversation. I jumped in the pool. I did my lap. She's not crazy. I was just being nuts. Yes. So I get out of the water. I dry off, and she's on the phone. And I'm like, she doesn't need anything from me. Yes. And I go, you know what? That was kind of fun in the water. I'm going to go in the water with my book and just kind of wade and read mm -hmm. and lean over the edge. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it was about that. But once I had that book back, she starts talking to me again. And she gets off the phone and she's like, so do you live around here? And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of a couple blocks away. And you don't have a pool? No, no. So I come here. But why does she want to talk to me? I, don't... I, have, I can't figure it out. She's got a wedding ring on, so I don't think she's gay and interested in me or... I mean, I'm trying to think, why do people talk to each other? She clearly has other people in her life because of the phone, unless she was faking a phone conversation. No, but it seemed like she was one of those high-maintenance people. Did her phone make any noise like maybe it was hollow and had candy in it? <laughs> like a rattle? <laughs> yeah. No, but it didn't ring. It, it was very odd. But then she just kept talking and she was like, so what do you do here every day? Do you ever bring a friend? And I'm like, oh, perfect. I go, no, I work a lot. So this is my alone time. It's just a couple hours every day. It's really <laughs> You're thinking, perfect. You have given me the in to shut you down. Yeah. And she just said, oh, that's good. And she said, well, I think I'm going to become a member here. Do you have any information? I go, nope. You got to talk to the manager at the front desk. <laughs> and then she just keeps saying, it's really good to have somewhere to go. Now, where do you work? And I'm like, oh, I couldn't take it anymore. I, but I was already in the pool. I wanted to just, I wished I could have started drowning or something. The only thing that kept saving me was the waitress came back to her mm -hmm. and delivered her food. And she had some questions about it. So I went back underwater and just started swimming my laps again. I didn't want to swim. And then I just said, you know what, forget it. And I got out and I dried off and she started talking and I said, I'm so sorry, I have to run. And I left early. Yeah, I like how you apologize. Yeah. I'm sorry, I would love to sit here and answer your questions <laughs> all day, but I really do have to get back to my life. I left, I got my clothes on and I'd only been there an hour and I wanted to spend the whole day there. I had oh. nothing else to do. And I know 
I know I could have just said I don't feel like talking, but it seems so rude. I, I don't know what it is about books that people don't get. I'm doing something. Yes. Like I'm doing this now. Or yes. else I, I'm not like, I'm not reading this book until somebody starts talking yes. to me. Yes. I'm reading this book to read this book. I don't understand it, but for whatever reason, people want to ask what you're reading. Yeah. And then they want to talk to you about whatever other books they've read, or they just, it's just an in to get you to stop reading and pay attention to them. And it's so, I think we have to acknowledge that that is a colossally rude thing to do. Have you, what, have you personally ever sat there saying, I want to just talk to the stranger. Why would you ever talk to anybody? No, I... <laughs> <laughs> because you... That, that almost sounds misanthropic. Well, I mean, I want to talk to my friends and my relatives. Yeah. But if I'm not talking to them, I need some quiet time. I, listen, I totally get small talk with a stranger, right? If you're both doing nothing If you're both doing off. nothing. If, so, if, there's, if, if there's a thing that happens that you both comment on, if it's like, I, I don't even mind if somebody says... If I'm just like standing somewhere waiting for something to happen, I don't know. Yeah. And so in a line or whatever, and somebody will say, "Oh, it's a gorgeous day out." I'm cool with that. You know cool what I mean? With that. But read. If you're reading a book, you are reading a book. The end. That is not a thing that's supposed to be interrupted by other people. No, it's not like I'll do this till a great event happens. Yeah. If you were out to dinner with your wife, if a guy came over and interrupted and started asking her out. Oh, I thought you were just married to him until the next person came along. No, we're doing something right now. We're living a, a life together. We're living a life yeah, together. We're living a life together at dinner. Sorry, you know, we're doing it in public, not because we want to be interrupted. Part of our life together includes meals. Right, and having to be outside. This is the covenant of marriage. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I, but I do think if there's alcohol involved, you can talk to strangers and it's fun. Yes. Uh, airport bar, for example. Oh. Something that's not fun. An airport bar to me is always how long till I find out this person's political beliefs are way different than mine. Oh, that's well, what I yes. that's what I feel yes. is waiting for you at an airport bar. Well, let me tell you, I had a, when I signed up for this hotel pool membership, mm -hmm. the uh, manager said you have to come down to the hotel tonight and sign some papers. I'll give you your membership card. And when I walked in, he was at the hotel bar, mm -hmm. and that's where he did the paperwork. He goes, "Have a drink. It's on me." I said, "Great." So I had a drink. I filled out the paperwork, and then I wanted to finish my drink. So I sat at the bar by myself. This lovely Irish couple, probably you know my parents' age, early seventies, sat mm -hmm. down. They turned to me, they said, hello, and I said, hello, and they said, you're about our daughter's age. Do you live in LA? I said, yes, I do. They said, we're visiting our daughter. She just moved here. And I said, she's gonna love it, this and that. We mm -hmm. talked. We had the most lovely night. It ended up, we had a couple rounds together. It was just me and these Irish people. There we go. And they had different political beliefs than me. But I said, well, listen, you don't live here. You live in Ireland. What's your beliefs and what is it based on? And we had a, a wonderful discussion. Mm -hmm. And it turned out our beliefs weren't politically different. They were politically different, but not uh, values different. That's right. And it was like, they said, you know, we were just going to have one drink and go to bed, but we had so much fun with you. I said, I was just going to have one drink and go home, but I had so much fun with you. Now that is a night of strangers talking. There we That's what. Now that's what I call a night of strangers talking <laughs> for. <laughs> for? Yeah, like that series of... <laughs> is that a series already? You don't know. That's what I call music. You've heard of that, right? No. Is it on NPR? 
No, no, no. Oh. This is a series of like it's like uh, compilations. Like in the old days, it was KTEL or whatever. Oh, now KTEL, it's, sure. Now it's it's they've they've been doing it forever. Now every year they put one out. Now that's what I call music. They're up to like a, a thousand or something. Oh, I didn't know, but I love KTEL. Yes. I had the 1982 hit list. You dropped a bomb on me. Was the first song. Oh, uh, REO Speedwagon. By the Gap Band. By the Gap Band. Absolutely. Jenny eight six seven five three zero nine. REO Speedwagon. I can't fight this feeling. No, it wasn't that. It was the other one. Ah, who cares? I can fight this feeling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was I can't fight at all. It was he hadn't he needed to bulk up. <laughs> it was it, that song was a dramatization of that thing in the back of old comic books. <laughs> With a 98-pound weakling who gets sand kicked in his face at the beach. I don't know comic books. No, I'm a girl. I don't know comic books. Mm. I like when you when you don't know a thing like that. You, it's almost like you're insulted that somebody would think you would know it. And no. that's sort of how you react. Like, eh, I don't, I don't know what that is. No, I'm embarrassed that I don't have a wider range of interests. I like what I like, <laughs> and man, do I like it. You like books. You like magazines. You like being by the pool. I like fun rings. You like fun rings? You do not like strangers' questions. Unless they're Irish people who want to talk. Po- Here's the thing. You want to talk to me? believe our president was born in Kenya. Yeah. If you want to talk to me, don't go. Don't be weird so I can't figure out why you're talking to me. Don't be, that's a cool ring, and then quiet. Where'd you get it? What do you do? Sit down at the bar, order me a drink, and go, so, what's a typical day for you? What's your life in L.A.? I'm from Ireland. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Do you, it, I mean, is that your price if you're reading a book? If Even, somebody yes. if somebody buys you a drink, here's the thing. That book can go to hell. Exactly. Because here's the thing. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be a drink, but it, give me interesting conversation. So they have to buy you something. Here's well, they don't have to. <laughs> here's three things that we're always thinking about. We know we're all gonna die. Right. We know relationships are tough. Check. And maybe we had a weird, you know, our families drive us nuts. Check. Talk to me about the heavy stuff. Just go, I almost died. Do you ever think about death? Boy, it's tough to communicate with the opposite sex. Hey, you know what's tough? Are you lonely? Whatever. Let's talk big. Let's hey, get right into it. Look, we got problems. My wife and I don't get along. Our house is haunted. We... <laughs> I would like to know up front. The one feeds the other. I'd like to know up front what's on the menu for discussion. So no, yes. don't surprise me. So you're, would would you want someone to give you like a list of discussion points? Oh, that's my fantasy. It's not like at an airport party where somebody said, "Hi, excuse me, um, I'm sorry to bother you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have some topics <laughs> oh that I'd love to cover. Are you are you doing anything right now? Can we cover these topics? I would love to. Let me see some <laughs> of them. That is like uh, 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 I'm sorry, I don't have them written out. Is that okay? Well, can you verbalize them? Yes. Um, if it's okay with you. These are big topics. It's I, gonna be... I love it. The bigger, the oh, better. What? Uh, give me one. Well, give me one. All right. See, let's. I'll, I'll throw one out there. Okay. Uh, relationships. They're tough. That's that's my view. Oh, absolutely. Oh, uh, when I hear okay. all about it, are you married? Are all you right. single? Well, hold on a second. Right, let me what? give you the other discussion oh, okay, topics okay. before we get into this. Mm-hmm. Here goes. Now I have a family. Oh. They. Well, there's more. Uh huh. They sort of drive me nuts. Oh. Is that a thing that you can speak me to? Me too. And they're great people. <laughs> I mean, it's so complex. All right, now this last one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. What? I hate to even say it because I feel like I've, I'm going to lose you. You're sick. What? No. Oh, you're on, the, you're on the right track. Oh, okay. All I think about is death. Oh, sure. Well, listen, it's the great unknown, but we know it's going to happen to us. Thank you. Oh, what's your name? I'm Jen. Hi, I'm uh, Chesley Sully Sullenberger. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
Oh my goodness, Mr. Sullenberger. Yeah. Oh, uh, you have you heard of me? Oh, you landed that plane in the in the Hudson. No, this is before that happened. Oh, uh, no, I haven't heard of you then. <laughs> but I just think that's such a cool name. Um, I'm getting on your... Fl- are you a pilot? You have wings on. Are you a pilot? Yes, you found me out. Oh, I am a pilot. Where are, you, where are you flying today? Uh, I think we're going to go to Guam. Oh, I was flying to New York. I'm on a different flight. No, no, no. New York is the first leg. We, we That's the hub. Oh, yeah, I'm taking off from New York. Sorry, yes. I'm a little drunk. I'm at the hotel. Me too. Don't I'm tell the, anybody. The, oh, well, that's funny and all, but I would not like to get on a plane with a drunk pilot. Oh, well, then I'm not drunk. Oh, perfect then. Please, anyway. Please, please don't tell anyone I, know I was I'm drinking. Not, but about please. your family. Yeah, they drive me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're like, uh, you know how geese love flying into engines? <laughs> no, is that a thing? Oh, my God. Okay. I got to get on this flight right I'm, now. I'm stepping outside of the bit. Oh. You do know about that. I do. Okay. The All geese right. flew into Sully Sullenberger's engine. That's right. Not but just, I didn't know the flight was going to Guam. Not just to... <laughs> no, I do, I do not know that oh, either. Okay, I don't, I don't remember me. where that flight was going. Well, I think they were coming to New York. I don't know. Maybe they were taking or did they, off I from think they, New York. I think they took off from New York. Hmm. Why would you ever leave New York? Am I right? Right. Center of America. The fifth character. <laughs> also the fifth character in Golden Girls, which doesn't make a lot of sense, that's but right. that's how powerful New York is. Because it took place in Miami. Uh, Miami, right. yeah. It's the fifth character in most things. <laughs> it was the fifth character in, oh, well, that's not funny. I was going to say Welcome Back, Cotter, but there was, <laughs> it was in New York, Brooklyn, no big. Was it the fifth character in United 93? <laughs> Paul, that is not respectful that's, to our heroes. It's not respectful. Can I say one thing? Sure. I was joking about this with a friend the other day. You know how Mark Wahlberg said, I could have saved <laughs> yes, 9-11? Yes. Yeah. He could have prevented it. Yeah. I think he could have. If he's on the plane and he sees people standing up, he will grab them. But, is it but, a box cut? Oh, that's cute. Boom, sit but down. Hold, but hold on a second. Pre-9-11, he would not have done that. Pre-9-11, you see somebody standing up on a plane. You don't know what's going on. <laughs> You're not thinking like, oh, this guy's going to make 9-11 happen. <laughs> Okay, but the point where the guys grabbed the stewardess and were obviously... Here, here's what I think. He would have interrupted thinking it's, they were just roughhousing a woman. Too, it's too late by that point. You know what I mean? Okay, who do you want on your Like, plane? Mark Wahlberg's the only person in the, in, in the world who would have stood up to help somebody out? Have you ever been on a plane and seen anyone built like him? No, you don't. You see overweight people... How, tall, how tall do you think he is? 5'8". He's all muscle. Hmm. And he's a scrappy Boston sure. guy. Sure, sure, sure. Ready. Oh, now I get it. Ready. Now I no, see. No, he's got a uh, oh, Irish anger. Oh, now I understand. If I talk to him at a bar, if he asked me a question, I'd answer anything. Oh, that's a fun would. ring. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if something like 9/11 happens on this plane, which I know isn't even a thing yet, would you? Uh, you think I could take him? No, I this. Think you could. This takes place on September 10th. This conversation. This is, no, right? this is September 11th in the morning. Mark and I are at the, oh, the it's, airport it's bar. The day of. Oh yeah, we're at the airport bar. We're about to get on one of the flights. <laughs> I'm going to stop you. <laughs> what? I feel like we're going. Oh, down you're a going road. up. I think we're going down a road. We might not. Okay, we're done. But that's for the after that. show. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I wish people. I Jan, I wish people could hear the after show. It's a shame that it's just for for members. <laughs> For Gold Club members. <laughs> oh, well. They get pool access. It's true. <laughs> okay, well, it was really fun to be here again, but I have to go home. Oh, okay. 
All right. Well, I'll see you later, Southie. Good night. Good morning. Good night. Good morning. Good morning. I'm free. Chris? Is it really you? You you look different. Oh, it's me, Wyatt. I guess it is you. I may look different to you, mortal eyes, because I have become one with the World Wide Web. Wow. What's it like? It's gross. I'll show myself out. Goodbye, Paulette Tompkins. He's gone. Jen, what are you... Hey, Jen? Jen, where did you go? Hello? Where am I? Oh, Jen, I, I think you took Chris Hardwick's place trapped in the internet. Paul, I don't know if you can hear me, but I think I took Chris Hardwick's place trapped on the internet. Oh, no, I gotta figure out a way to get you out of there. You have to figure out a way to get me out of here. I won't let you down, Jen. Don't let me down, Paul. Okay, now I think maybe you can hear me. I can't. Hey, stop doing- I, I can't stay in here forever. Oh, of all right, so you can't hear me. All right, well, just hang in there, Southie. I'll get you out of there one of these days. Get me out of here really soon. Okay. Wow. Well, it's an unexpected turn of events. I did not see that coming. This is, uh, gonna be a problem. Um. Oh, we didn't do any plugs. I guess I'll do some plugs now. It's, it's too bad Jen wasn't here for plugs. Maybe she'll just naturally know. I'll start and we'll see what happens. Um, well, folks, as you know, as you may or may not know, we're doing a live episode of the podcast. The Pod F Tomcast comes to, returns to, Largo with the Cornet in West Hollywood. Saturday, October 20th. Everybody's gonna be there. Me, Ebbett, Damon, Jen. Uh, I hope Jen will be there. I hope we can get her out of the internet by then. I guess we'll find out. We'll find out together as a family. Um, also, Laboring Under Delusions, the award-worthy special that I did for Comedy Central. There is an audio version, audio only, CD, which I was supposed to do even before I got offered that special. Got recorded live in Brooklyn. It's a completely different performance of that material than the TV version with some extra stuff in there and some riffing up at the top, some funny riff suites. That is gonna be released by AST Records on Tuesday, October 23rd. That's when it drops. Tuesday, October 23rd, you'll be able to pre-order it. AST.com forward slash store forward slash PFT. <laughs> I think it's ASTrecords.com. Look, by the, you, this, it'll be, you'll know where to find it by the time you're hearing this, okay? Everybody stop yelling at Paul. He's doing the best he can. Oh. Eben Schletter, guess what? He's got an album. It's still out. Eben Schletter's 21st Century Doomsday Spectacular. You can get that at all the usual places. Amazon.com. iTunes. Things of this nature. Uh, it's a great album of material. Uh, and check out Eben's other stuff, too, because it's all... 
He does a lot of different stuff. He's a very diverse entertainer. Uh, how diverse? Here's how diverse. He's in the Paul Thomas Anderson movie, The Master. <laughs> he plays a piano player. Uh, you can see him um, in a scene. He shares, I think, with me, the same amount of screen time in a Paul Thomas Anderson film. I think the amount of time I was in there will be blood is equal to the amount of time Eben is in The Master. <laughs> and we're equally as visible. So uh, do check that out. Also because it's a good movie. Treat yourself. Treat yourself to some grown-up entertainment. If you're a child, don't. It's not for you. And that's it, I guess. That's all the plugs because... Well, Jen would have had some, but she got trapped in the internet. Paul! Paul, I hope you can really hear me and help me get out of the internet. There's some things I forgot to plug, and I have to get to them. I'm not even going to get to them if I don't get out of the internet. November 1st, I have to be back by November 1st. I'm doing a one-hour show, live stand-up, at Nerd Melt Theater Los Angeles. It's, It's me, doing all new material. And I have to be outside of the internet so I can plug my book coming out. It's called I Can Barely Take Care of Myself. And you can find out about it and, and everything on jenkirkman.tumblr.com. But please get me out of here so I can work on these things. Well, I'm glad she got those plugs in inadvertently. It's funny how life just seems to take care of things. Well, folks, that is our show. Thank you so much for, uh, for downloading us, for listening to us. We appreciate it. The Pod of Tomcast is produced by Evan Schletter and myself with sound design and music by Mr. Schletter. For more information about Evan Schletter, go to ebenschletter.com. And if there's no information about him there, that's on him. He can't blame anybody squatting on his domain. Can't blame domain squatters for this one. Our announcer is Damon Crawl. Special thanks to my wife, Janie Haddad Tompkins, for being my wife, Janie Haddad Tompkins. And check out her own podcast. She, she started a rival podcast with her friend Aaron Ginsberg. It's called Janie and Aaron Does Hollywood, and it is charming as all get out. And if you don't agree, then get out. Thanks to everyone at Largo at the Coronet for letting us perform and record there. And check out the Dead Authors podcast which is another podcast that I do uh, to raise awareness for a wonderful tutoring program, mentoring program called 826LA. Uh, it features hilarious guests like Andy Richter, uh, Andy Daly, all the Andys, Scott Ackerman, Nick Kroll, Matt Walsh. Hilarious people, the guys from Super Ego. Me as H.G. Wells. People in character, riffing, making stuff up for free if you want to get my stuff AST Records CDs DVDs Evan CDs Amazon.com these are the things these are the places these are the fabrics of our lives you can find me on Tumblr you can find me on Twitter got a fan page on Facebook as does Evan's Nether Records 
There's also a Pod F Tompcast group. If we get enough people to join that group, then we will have completed it. We'll have finally fulfilled the group numbers that had been mandated by the first people on Earth. (laughs) Please, if you like the show, leave a review on iTunes. It helps to raise awareness of the show. If you don't like the show, well, you're an idiot for listening this far. And an idiot in general. Because it's a pretty good show. It's fun. It's not trying to hurt anybody. So why are you? Mm. Mirror Society. That's it, folks. It's good to be back. Ebon and I appreciate all the nice things that people say. And we appreciate all the nice things that people do. Not just related to this podcast, but just when people are decent. It's appreciated by a couple guys here on the internet. We'll see you very, very soon with our next episode. And the episode after that, and the episode after that, and so on. Until we are live on October 20th. Thanks, you guys. Have a good night. And don't get drunk and fight each other.